0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, human beings of all shapes and sizes, and hey, alien life forms to the Milky Way galaxy. You are on the sidelines with the sideline guys for a very special TSG MMA edition with my guy, the baby faced assassin, Sean Negrong. How's it going, brother?
1: That was good. That was good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Back for another one. It's uh I would say this is a it's has a good time but I, I feel like this card is the one of the uh, underwhelming ones of the year to keep it lightly and uh while i'm excited to break it down i feel like there's not much to break down here due to the fact i feel like this card was rushed for the location that it was in and they completely missed on a humongous opportunity with the australian champions that they have and forcing it to be in september instead of pushing it back to january like they had originally and uh now it's cost them so you know whatever we're here now so let's uh let's break
0: it down heck yeah i know i could only actually goes into the logistics of planning these different things but realistically if you look at other promoters eddie hearn right bob Aram, all these different people um months out they're able to figure out the venue right like i know i know the ufc's plan of attack has always kind of been like figuring this thing out as far as where we're gonna go like months in advance and then sort of just filling the card from there um but bro imagine a world right where the ufc actually gave a fuck, right and instead of like doing this schedule thing where they're basically uh, a part of a tourism board, and they find who's willing to pay the most money to to host the UFC. instead of doing that, they actually invested in creating a fucking schedule around their champions with specific locations. Do you know how crazy that will be? It'll It'll be absolutely insane. And I'm not gonna lie. The last couple of weeks, we have seen a lot of good home crowd receptions, right? Like the environment really does change. The viewing experience, as well as I would imagine, the quality of the combat itself. So you're leaving money on the table with the way you're fucking doing this, okay? Uh, but honestly, as far as like an Australian card, this is a this is as Australian as it gets, right? Uh, but yeah, it doesn't mean it's a good card at all. It it, it is a rough one. Uh, but some some highlights, some bright spots to look forward to for sure. Uh, but before we get into all that, um, there is a couple of discussion topics that I wanted to get into with you. The first being the new UFC 5 game. So as of today, Ooh. the cover athletes have officially been announced uh, before it was waffled about. Oh boy. Um, so I know who these athletes are. You don't. So I figured it might be fun to to sort of have a little guessing game here. So the parameters are for the second time in the history of the UFC game, they have included both a male and a female as the cover athletes. So, Sean, I gotta ask, brother, who do you think are the cover athletes for UFC 5? Well, oh, that is tough.
1: Um, based off of your reaction before the show, I'm starting to think that it's no longer Volkanovski. And who else would it be? Long-term champions, that's the only way you can go with this. There's no way they're giving John Jones the cover. Yeah. I really hope they're not doing it this way because it's this week. Uh, Is Adesanya the cover?
0: So that is your guess for the male fighter. Give me the female fighter. Okay. Oh, God, please don't tell me that is. Um.
1: All right, and then for women, oh, okay, okay. Um, Amanda Nunez is retired. You could go Shevchenko here, or Zhang Wei Li. Give me,
0: give me Adesanya and Shevchenko. You got one out of two, brother. It is Volkanovsky and Shevchenko. You're overthought. Oh, a little. wow. Okay, but good. It, they did I, go with both. I'm so glad. You got the one that I was surprised by. Nah, well, I was she's not surprised the, by the,
1: She is the champion, even though she she's not right now. She might be next week. So I think they're banking <laughs> on that. Uh,
0: yeah, it must be.
1: But yeah, she's been, you know, she's been unbeatable for the longest. And uh,
0: no, she hasn't. Shout out Amanda Nunes.
1: Yeah, I I get it. But okay. but (laughs) I'm talking about two completely different sized fighters. But. Shevchenko is, you know. Hall of Fame. Adesanya will be Hall of Fame. And I'm glad I'm glad that they stuck with Volkanovski, even though I like Volkanovski was who I was going to pick. But, you know, I just felt from your reaction, I was like, please don't tell me They, they changed it up. And didn't do it, so good. I'm glad that it's it's those two. They deserve it. And
0: uh, Are you going to play? Are you a UFC yeah, game guy?
1: I, I, I still play UFC 4 now. It's not the greatest of games, but I just... It's like EA is so bad. They're so bad. I agree. That they can't make a game to save their life. But... <laughs> I have to say, out of all the EA games, I would go with ufc is probably the best out of all the sports games right now madden is horrendous uh eashl or nhl is just as bad if not worse
0: i'm surprised you played that that's, that's i, I still play right I, yeah
1: i play world of chel it's it's really tough to play because it's extremely frustrating watch a guy shoot from the red line and somehow it goes through the goalie or the guy can't get hit. It is a million things. Madden. I wish
0: fan. I have any idea what the fuck that means. You see, this is this insane. Is shooting from. Are you a hockey first. guy? Do you have a hockey team? Like, yeah, a I'm a, I'm a diehard Islander fan. No fucking way. Really? Yeah. This is This is amazing right now. Don't Bro. they play at Barclays? No. Is that still a thing? No. They play at
1: UBS. There was Arena. a period of time that yes, they did, they though, right? they played at the Barclay, and to, because they, the NHL forced them to stop playing at Nassau Coliseum. and uh because nassau coliseum is is a smaller arena than the nhl standard and it was run down they had a lot of problems uh because it hadn't been renovated since 1972 and so they forced them to leave and so the nhl put them in barclay thinking it was going to be this big renovation a big reveal oh look they're also In between long island and new york city you know they're going to get the brooklyn fans and just like the brooklyn nets and they thought that was going to work and it absolutely failed everybody hated going there because all of our fans are from long island you know they're they're long island so there's no parking and to force them to now have to take the train they're not going to do that so the attendance was probably the worst it had ever been and so now they built the ubs arena and it's a, it's an amazing arena. It's, it's beautiful. I, agree. I love it. Parking so inside. Yeah. It's, it's, it is really, really nice. The parking situation isn't ideal, but it's better than it once was. So, but
0: besides that, you get stuck, <laughs> you get stuck for like 50 minutes on the way out. But yeah, this yeah. is a random tangent. I love it. I just, I, I literally, when it comes to, I keep being encouraged to watch hockey, right? Like it. obviously Bro, the, it's a combat so sports tie-in, awesome. right? It
1: is so fun. It is Give me the so pitch. High-paced. Give
0: me the pitch. What am I missing out on it's right now? It's extremely high
1: paced. And when you start to, you can learn hockey very, very quickly. It There really isn't that many rules. It's like four rules that you have to pay attention to. And it's just extremely fast paced all the time. You can never really settle down. It's not like baseball where you can, you could go, you know, to the kitchen and make yourself a uh, full five-course meal and come back, and it's still one nothing like, you know, in the fifth inning. You know, hockey, anything can happen at any time. the it, It's not as physical as it once was because the NHL has really tried to nerf everything because of obviously the way the world works now. You know, fighting's very limited, but hitting is still pretty good, but you know, penalties are probably at an all-time high, but it's still a very, very, very fun experience, especially when you go, if you ever gone to a game?
0: No, is... I've been to the game. Period. Wow. Okay. So
1: that is a goal I have for the both of us now is to bring you to a game. It is a awesome experience. It's really, really fun. Even if you have no idea what the hell is going on, it is something that you'll be like, Man, I, I think I like hockey. And you don't think to like hockey because it's like why the fuck am I gonna like hockey? But <laughs> yeah. it is uh I've been playing it since I was a kid and uh man, I've always I've been a diehard islander fan since I was two years old. Even through through the 15 years of where they were absolute dog water, I was still a diehard fan. And uh even now where they're slowly on a decline, I'm a big fan. I'm always gonna be an Islander fan for the rest of my life. So
0: what a hey, fucking you definitely legend. gotta come out. Who who is your top one islander, right? Top one. Top one. Oh. Who is who is your guy? Ooh, okay. Currently or ever? Ever. And your history of being a fan mm,
1: that's tough um well that's tough it's either the michael peckers of the world the kenny johnson's sean bates jason blake roman reigns
0: on this man bro i'm like adrian coin i'm enamored right now
1: <laughs> dude there's so many yeah oh, i don't know this is tough uh i think because we're almost the same size jason blake always had an extra piece in my heart. He was he was a little smaller than me. He was like five six, five seven. Had cancer, came back, was one of the top speed threats in the league, and you know he put up a good amount. He's not my favorite favorite, but Sean Bass was one of, there too, especially at a time where the Islanders were so so bad. Uh, I still got to give my props to John Tavares too, even though the way he left was one of the most backhanded slaps of all time he still was a spark to a team that had nothing hmm. so yeah there's a bunch i don't know if i can go with a specific name
0: i love it yeah it seems like the turnover is is much more uh fast in in hockey than other leagues that i'm used to um i got an eye on it i don't, I don't know if i'll commit i don't know if i'll do the plunge but no, no no I, i'm gonna bring you I, to a game i'm actually i'm actually like I said, I'm actually really fucking surprised that you have the bandwidth to, to to know all the fucking things that you do, and and be a low key, like uh, hockey diehard. Like this is this is actually like a revelation. That's oh, not low me. key,
1: buddy. It's not. Yeah, literally.
0: I I mean, this is the first time I'm hearing of it, right? So I don't know. Maybe that's. Yeah, all I'm I guess saying so. Key, I guess. I love so. it. I love it. bro. I'm a fan of all
1: it, sports, so you know, it's I'm a fan of everything, and I I've been watching sports my entire life. Carson catch on, catch me,
0: Sean so. at the cricket tournament in Vancouver oh, Dude, in if there was one
1: <laughs> here, I'd be there. I'd be there <laughs> to learn it and know how to play. I I'd do it. it that's
0: just how I am. What a legend! This man's living a fucking dream. This is living a dream. But anyway, let's get back on track. Yes, we've got to get into. I love how it went from UFC five to hockey. That's right. Um, we we got to get into this past week's card, UFC Paris that obviously took place in uh, Paris, France. The headliner being Cyril Gan going up against Sergei Spivak. Obviously, this was a big head-to-head for us that I came up on the short end of the stick with. So I think it's only right that I sort of eat my crow, right, and speak on the matchup. Um, I don't mind the pick still, right, even though he fucking got cooked, right? I don't mind it at all uh, because the 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 logic makes sense. I think well. And this is what I'm noticing right across multiple weeks now. So I'm really going to try to keep this in tow here. I feel like I'm a little too hard on the regression button. Um, and I and I think I also overestimate the dy- the trope of uh, Schler. Um, I, I think I need to, to have a better sense of these things um, as far as the actual individual skills go because I really do feel, and I'm still confident in saying this, that as far as Spivak's actual skills on the ground work, um, he is, I would say, as advanced as Cyril looked on the feet. Uh, we just never got to see it there. So uh, real real tough fight. This was a fucking ass whooping. Like, this, let, let's just make it as clear as possible. Uh, this was bad. Like, This was a really bad showing for Sergey Spivak and a great performance for Cyril Gon started slow like he always does um but it's kind of the cyril Gon show at this point right like whenever he does show up he's gonna show up fucking jacked to the gills and and he's gonna look like he's gonna knock someone the fuck out very quickly and it is death by a thousand cuts every time
1: well that was exactly what i said to you in the um in the in the show last week was because i just felt his striking was unmatched and i felt this was a career fight for him at this moment in time he loses this one you know he probably drops down to eight or nine after that or but yeah maybe i'm going a little too hard seven six let's say but even still like you know he won't be considered a top elite heavyweight after that and and Spivog was kind of on the way up he had beaten some pretty notable names um but i just for Ciro Gon's sake i think losing to John Jones so embarrassingly like that and especially coming off of two fights before that losing to Naganu via wrestling i think he knew like i cannot lose like this anymore i cannot be embarrassed like this again and he said it from the start that he spent the majority of his entire camp learning how to wrestle grapple you know be on the mat have his back on the mat and learn how to get out of it learn how to stuff takedowns so that you know he thought he knew he thought he was a top heavyweight with his striking which he is probably one of the top strikers in UFC heavyweight division. I, I would say he's probably top two, if
0: not UFC. Period. Yeah, nice. I, I would
1: say he he could be number one there. So he's an incredible striker, and I think if he could learn how to stuff takedown and go for the body, which was so key in, in in taking out the taking the wind out of Spivak's sails. You know, he kept going to the body. You know, he was doing some incredible combinations, and uh, yeah, it was an absolute beatdown. I thought it could have ended like two minutes before. Because it, it just seemed like he was just riding the outside of the cage, just kind of hoping not to get hit. He wasn't fighting back. He was done. You know, he was done after the first round, and uh, it went a little longer than it should have, but it was exactly it was exactly what the UFC wanted, let's just say, because making the UFC Paris event again for him, you know, they've only done it twice, and both of them he's headlined. It also makes me question too, and I thought about it immediately after he won, was, I want to know how he does now outside of his home. I want to see how he does, uh, you know, because his last two wins have been at UFC Paris. And mm-hmm. the times that he hasn't won. He hasn't won since I think he beat Derek Lewis for the interim belt, which was, what, two years ago? Mm-hmm. Outside of Paris. So, you know, I, I, I'm not saying Paris is the reason why he won. But I definitely think it helps. Uh, I think from the card that we saw, being a home crowd hometown team a hometown fighter hometown team i'm so used to team sports hometown fighter i think that definitely helps it it rides that energy especially as we you know when we're watching it they're you know they're singing songs they're they're doing these motivational uh like chants throughout the fight and you know if you're french i don't i have no idea what the hell they were saying but if you're french you probably took that and were so much more energized And being in your home crowd, you you know you can't lose at home, especially Mm -hmm. if the the two or three fighters before you can't haven't lost at home, you can't lose at home. So I think that was a lot of extra motivation there. And yeah, it was it was clear. I said it last week too that they were on different levels, and this was a big fight for Gon's morale, but it Mm -hmm. definitely doesn't change how I feel about him into the top three. I think it's a little bit easier for him because there's not that many wrestlers in the top three but I don't think he'll ever sniff a title fight again until John Jones retires and which could be in a couple months anyway so people were people were saying the uh you think Jones was watching this fight and I was like no he's sleeping why would he want to, why would he watch that fight maybe he was but I'm thinking why? like it, it means nothing to him anyway he's never fighting gone he's never fighting spivak he's doing this last fight and it's probably done maybe one more but you know that's it. the ufc heavyweight division is going to completely change in about six months so it was a good fight for god hopefully keep it going
0: couldn't agree with you more i i just have one thing to say because i love that you mentioned the body work i agree with you and i think that was a big revelation in this one too I think in the past, right, Taitu Uvasa comes to mind. Um, he always works the body with teeps. Don't get me wrong. He definitely does. But as far as exiting with straight rights and like putting himself in good positions to continue to joust, like, I think that really helps his style for MMA. Cause I've, I've been a long, I, I, have always thought that Cyril Gan has next level striking, but I also have questioned whether or not style is a good style for MMA. Like, I feel like, um, to a certain level people that are willing to just go out there and fucking do something against him can have success i mean that's that was literally the 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 john jones game plan right and as well as in right like if someone is there and they're willing to put out offense no matter what it is and the threat of that can lead to weird stretches in his fights where like he he looks uncomfortable he looks like he doesn't want to engage and i think the body work Work is really the ground against these wrestlers against people that are going to be trying to duck in on you work those knees when they're when they're crashing into the clinch and just continue to 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 really hunt the body uh because man (laughs) the dude the dude is sharp bro like it, it was really really impressive to watch obviously it really did make spivak look like shit on the feet i i don't think he's a good striker at all um like at all, like even against uh, competent strikers, he's going to look bad. Um, but yeah, big time performance there for Cyril Gone. So now I just got to ask, we only get two of them, two performance bonuses of the night and one fight of the night. We got to pick them each. I decided from now on, they don't have to be knockout or submission. It's just two bonuses. You pick whichever bonus you want. This time, we actually had two submissions, but I still think it's pretty clear if you're going with the submission, which one you're going with. So, Sean, lead us off, brother. Who got your first performance of the night? The biggest one. I would say let's make the first one the actual, like, this is the best whatever it is of the night. It doesn't have to be a finish even. It could be a fight that went to decision. Just who do you thought had the performance of the night?
1: Uh, for My performance of the night, I, you have to go with Gon here. Um, his performance was completely a different level than Speedbox. He dominated for whatever it was, the seven or eight minutes that fight went on for, and uh, never showed any sort of, hesitation Uh, even when he was trying to get taken down he actually stuffed the takedown and he just completely pieced spivak up he he, like i said before it almost looked like after the end of the first round that spivak didn't even want to be in there anymore he knew his fate uh i would give him the performance of the night but i have a different one for fight of the night
0: all right bet so we get two so i'm glad you did one i'll do my one and then we'll go back to you so your 1a is zero gone for me it's very close. I tend to agree with you. I think uh who knows? We might see him as my 1B. But Ooh. as far as my 1A performance, I'm gonna go with someone that you're probably not expecting here. My guy, Farid Basharat. What a fucking performance. A little wow. a little mad at myself for how I viewed this matchup, right? Because I-, I think the merits of what I was saying still exist, right? There's a world where clinton can go out there and just be athletic and give him problems. Uh, but, man, this was fucking clinical, man, clinical. Um, there was obviously times where there was some trouble, right? Some shots had to be eight in order to put yourself in a better position. But to see fair not only hunt a particular set of uh, skills and positions that he knew he had a clear advantage in, uh, but also just the, the the transition was so clean, man. Like, honestly, one of the best – arm triangles i can remember in recent history right like just his ability to i mean we saw him hunting for it earlier in the round too like at around two the two minute mark the first takedown that he was able to establish control with um saw him hunting for it was able to by the time the second uh, attempt came around he didn't even have to hunt for it the way he did the first time he wasn't necessarily even trying to stuff the arm because you see a lot of guys have the head position and have Um, the arm gathered already, but the arm is not above their head. So that that's where you need it in order to create the the right sort of torque on that choke. And he didn't even bother like finding the arm. The pass made the angle and it was just, it was just so beautiful, man. Shout out to Farah Basharat slick on the feet and then just clearly nasty on the ground uh, in transition as well as finding good good points to land shots. So um, I, I was obviously big on, on the Basharat bros already, uh, but, man, those guys are fucking legit. Like, I, I think at first I kind of thought that Farid was like and, – and trust me, there's a lot of these guys, so I'm not trying to shade anyone, but I thought he was like Conor McGregor light uh, because the way he fights – I'm telling you, man – put out all the biases and just look at this man with the fucking beard fighting from Paul. And I promise you, <laughs> you will have Conor McGregor flashbacks, but um, to see their grappling chops, right. They're not always finishing guys, but um, to see Farad sort of get over that hump, big time believer in these guys. And specifically Eric Nixick and that team at extreme couture, man. Uh, we're going to talk about them later on tonight uh, too, but we might as well go along with these bonuses right because this this is the the stuff we care about here uh so i'm giving my my performance bonus to my guy Fred basharat
1: Ooh, i like that
0: yeah i i
1: there were there were a couple of good ones too that i i really enjoyed like i i did very much enjoy the uh uh the Fijo nama Yunus fight i felt like that was a very telling fight
0: really you did
1: yeah i did because you know I got what? some it, hot
0: takes on that fight, but I'll let well, you Well,
1: it told me a lot about that fight for I, I don't think Fiho was at at her very best, but I think she absolutely showed Rose that she may not necessarily belong in this division. I felt uh that Rose. well, we'll get you know what? Actually I wanna hear your hot take before I say what I wanna say. Because was so very can can very we
0: finish already. the bonuses first? Sure, you're right. What off am I talking? About? Yeah, you're good, I talking you're good. About? You're good. You're <laughs> good. me going on so, different tangents. No, I like it. I like it. Wherever the world takes us, baby. we got That's nothing right. but time here. That's um, right. but show. So we'll alternate here, right? I already did my one A. I'll start with one B, and then I'll let you do your one B. Um. This is entirely based on where I rate his opponent. I think Cyril Gon deserves to be in the discussion and the fact that you gave it to him makes me feel good of of omitting him from my top two. But my second performance bonus of the night, if I'm handing them out, will go to Benoit St. Denis. Um, Honestly, man, this dude, this dude is fucking good. And I don't know what it is. And I'm not going to say I didn't see it. I always saw it, especially even in the easy dos Santos fight, right? Where took a fucking ass beating but never wavered and just has that, uh, I mean, they always mention it on the broadcast, right? But just that special forces grit, right? Just willing to go places that other men aren't. And I don't know. I think it's his sort of deliberate style in a weight class that most of the time, these guys are a little frantic, right? They're trying to make things happen. He's not somebody that's out there doing a lot of weird shit. Like he's very basic, clean one twos right like very good and surgical from the outside nothing super flashy right it doesn't like come off the page as far as him being this in in impressive striker but his strength in the grappling man I was super super surprised by how easily he was able to control Tiago Moises in a fight that I was really worried about right I was I was really worried about um benoit in this fight and especially in the striking phases so the fact that he was able to really dominate the space with the threat of the takedown more so than just his striking ability like he was landing good shots don't get me wrong but the threat of the takedown and the cage control really put Thiago Moises in a bad spot to make decisions he ended up really slinging with them out there there was a couple times man both of these guys were just landing big shots taking them and just continuing to go this was a fun fucking fight, man. This is this is a fun fight, uh, but man, the grappling, the grappling chops is what is what really excites me. Very, like I said, very basic, but basic is not a bad thing, especially in, in jujitsu. The basics is, is is what's gonna get you to the next level, in my opinion. And the fact that he is confident in hunting those positions, as well as just so physically imposing, you could tell. At this weight class, man, I don't even and this may be a hot take, I don't even really know how he makes this weight class in an easy way. Because even at 170, he did not look small. So at 155, bigger than I thought. Like, And I've watched him fight at 155 already. So shout out to Benoit Saint-Denis. This was an impressive fucking performance. Uh, the, only, the only negative thing I have to say is across the card in general, headbutts have become a real problem in the UFC. And I think they need to figure out away maybe even with like um the outside official review just to sort of address these fouls that are happening in real time because uh so many big cuts happened because of them uh but great great performance by ben washington man nothing bad to say about him the dude is a dog yeah i have to agree with you there um that's you'll hear
1: that name again very soon in a second but uh you know what for my performance 1B this is going to be different cuz i know there's no one that's thinking this but i'm going with Volkan Wes Demir. i felt that's that he job, was bro. a different breed you know i i didn't even think he had enough to win this fight even though i picked him i believe,
0: I believe no I we both him. Picked- no i didn't you see oh, that's what i'm
1: talking about because i just felt that he was on the edge of his career here and i felt he had a glass jaw and you know he even though he had done better as of late i just felt that this was a fight for um oh my god i love it. bogdan there we go hello so many names and uh i i just felt that bogdan would have the advantage here but volkan was like i said before different levels he he just looked like a completely different fight. he looked like an old self seven six years ago and i was really really surprised and excited for that because he looked confident he looked like he was back to his old self he felt like he could do it again and that entire performance was dominant from from the very very start he got clipped a little bit but still I think what however long it was, 2 or 3 minutes long from what I remember, I know it didn't leave the first round. Um was an absolute incredible performance by Volkan himself and I I'm I'm almost I'm weary though to know what happens next with him. Who can they possibly give him next? Because I don't know what type of fighter he can be. Is he a top 10 fighter? Can he crack the top 5 again? I don't think so, but you know, I'm I'm curious to see what his ceiling is now at this age of his career. But besides that, this fight was a perfect performance. It was exactly the game plan that he needed, and it went perfect the way he hoped it and dreamed it would go. So really happy for him and uh, the longevity he's had in his career, and I'm excited to see how it looks
0: moving forward. Great shouts, man. Great shouts. I agree. I, I was honestly really surprised by his performance i i do agree i think he looked super confident out there and you really need that um in order to overcome some of the deficiencies but i really don't like the weight the place his chin is in to be honest um every fight he's in he gets his, that's what his i mean chin yeah. cracked. and i think even even this tuned up version of himself i i'm not sure i'm going to be able to trust him moving forward um but i agree man if there's anyone that's going to get the most out of guys it is my one of my sleepers always when it comes to the best coaches in MMA, Henry Hoof, man. The, the dude really knows how to drill fundamentals into guys' heads and, and fix a lot of mistakes in people's games. And when it comes to that pressure style, man, there's there's not many gyms that do it better than uh whatever the fuck they're called at this point, Killcliffe FC or something like that. I don't know. It changes every month. Um, but big fan of Henry Hoof and what they're doing over there. So I'm gonna start us off for our fight of the night, if that's okay. Is that cool with you? That's wow, messed up, but all right. <laughs> all
1: right, no, I'll let you. Know. Oh, you know what? By the way, by the way, I had to look it up. I wanted to see what the cover looked like. And just so you know, I was technically right because they made Adesanya the deluxe edition cover athlete. So,
0: is I he would alone like to... in the deluxe yes, edition? Yes, he is alone. Okay. So I'll mean, I I take half a point. You weren't wrong. Point. You weren't right.
1: But oh. I wasn't wrong either, technically, <laughs> you. You. because he is on a cover.
0: It doesn't so, exist.
1: He is. I get a half a point. I just want to say that. I, I. I would like to put it into the commission here that I get half
0: a point. I got you. Well, we'll 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 pen it in right now. Okay. What is I'm your gonna... fight of the night, good sir? For the, oh for now the, I'm going first. Gone versus Spivak. Yeah, you made me feel bad, bro. Okay.
1: All right. No. Can't do no, that that's team. not my fight of the night. Benoit is my fight of the night. Really? Benoit versus Thiago. Yeah, that was awesome. Hell that yeah, was an was. incredible fight. Both, both of these guys had so much to lose and so much to win with this fight. They were at very similar levels. And, you know, that was probably the fight that I enjoyed the most, I, especially because we both had different picks on it. And... I really thought that Benoit, especially at home, was going to have the crowd behind him, and he and he did, man. and 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 that's why I picked both of these guys in my dynasty because their future is I feel very bright for the both of them. You know, yeah, it's a little bit of a setback for Thiago, but I think he can rebound very quickly. I think he'll get a nice little UFC Apex event, which sucks, but he'll get in there. He'll be a top three fight again, and he'll bounce back real quick. And Benoit, man, it just shows you know where he's at. Beating Ziago is no easy thing to conquer. So it was an incredible fight. He looked awesome the whole night. The whole fight, he looked at probably the best I've ever seen him. And I think now he's got a great future ahead. It's definitely a beautiful thing to see with the lightweight division because you got an amazing prospect really on the come up here and I think now we should really start to pay attention to to his name. And about a year from now, I think he can really be a top ten fighter.
0: I agree. I definitely agree. And I won't be surprised if either of the uh, both of these guys are are fixtures in that absolutely spot in the rankings. But I'm gonna go with the fucking undercard banger, Anzlosa versus. That was a great one too, Reese McKee. (laughs) Holy shit. Uh, that fight had no right to be as good as it was, in my opinion. No right. Because with all due respect, um, I do not rate Reese McKee very highly at all. Um, The dude is a fucking savage, though. Don't get me wrong. Um, I don't like the narrative that Angelosa is just this perennial gasser because he definitely gassed in this one. Um, So everyone is just going to run with that narrative, especially because he's such a huge dude but holy shit like this was an ass whooping for about two rounds well one and a half rounds and then towards the second not even one and a half probably like one and three quarters and then towards the second half of round two and the end not even the entirety the end of round three uh Reese McKee really put it on Angelosa in a way that I was like Holy shit. Like wh- what is even happening? There was a couple there was a couple times where I felt like Angelosa could have finished him in the first and in the second. Uh so the fact that we ended up in that scenario in the third where Anj is really fighting for his life, right? Fighting demons out there, trying to trying to survive to the final round to to get the win, right? Uh there was no shot going to the cards that Reese was able to win if he won that round. So he really needed to finish. So the stakes in that moment. The way it felt when watching it live, uh crazy, crazy. Um, I, I feel you on the the Benoit Tiago Moises fight. That would be my second choice, if any. Uh, but this 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 is it for me. This is my fight of the night. I will take no slander. Yeah, no, that was
1: it was an incredible fight. And it was so one-sided at first, and then you just it, it almost felt like the dial had turned. It was so one-sided, and then you saw uh Ange kind of gas a little bit towards the end of the second round, and then especially toward the end. And uh, it was – dude, there was a good 15, 20 seconds and probably with like a minute left in the third round that I was like, is, is Reese really about to turn this whole thing around and end and this? Because it, it is so funny with the fight game how most of the time when it's really lopsided, it stays lopsided. But there are a few occurrences where it is so lopsided that all of a sudden, one little, one, one jab, one shot to the body, and all of a sudden, or just constant hammering from that, from the one who's dominating, that you almost see them tire. And just like what happened to engine and he tired so fast at the end of round two and into round three that he was kind of like he was in desperation mode, trying to hold on. And, uh, it definitely, even though it was very, good, a very great, good performance by Ange. It definitely is very telling, for his next fight and whoever his next fighter or opponent is, about what it is to to do with someone like him. You know, that's that's you found a big hole there. And for Reese, you saw that he's got a gas tank to go three rounds. While he didn't perform well in the first two, he showed out in the third round. And I, I, I don't remember if I texted this to you or my other friend, but you know it's one of those fights where if this went around four if there wasn't another round this fight would have ended differently Mm -hmm. and you know while it is great that it was only 15 minutes it is it was a really 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 good fight i i was a big fan of this fight and uh i just felt that the benoit tiago one had more implications on the line and especially for these two guys like they're both dogs and i think it was a great not co main, but co
0: main. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't agree, couldn't agree with you more, man. This is this is awesome. This is awesome for sure. Um, but I ask you can I ask you one thing? Go ahead, yeah. All
1: right. This is how I feel because I'm a big Rose Nami Unis fan. And I wanna I wanna say something here. I am extremely concerned for the Rose Nami Yunus career camp situation, whatever happens with her moving forward. I felt that this not having Trevor Whitman there I felt like was very telling. I'm almost concerned and I I I don't I'm not trying to make this a joke in any way. I'm actually legitimately concerned about what is gonna happen with her moving forward. Um I do think that she's gonna continue fighting. I don't know what she wants to do with her career. But I felt that I don't know how to keep this PG here, but I feel with, without Trevor Whitman there and clearly seeing Pat Berry take over as full time coach. And then the fact that they moved and that they have their own private gym apparently in, you know, within their home or in their home, starting to feel some little isolation here, but not to. This is me completely outside of the circle here, but I'm very concerned for Rose. I felt even in the fight that Rose was uh, clearly an underdog, clearly a step slower and definitely not as powerful. And, uh, you know, people, if if you didn't see the fight, you think that she got something off. But no, it's really just the headbutt that really got Manon to open up, especially on the side of her face, which was lucky for Manon. Or whatever whatever her name is i'm not saying any more names but it's it's I, i'm very 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 concerned for the Nama Yunus camp I, I don't know what she wants to do here i i would hope she goes back to strawweight and you know has at least you know just one fight versus yan versus someone in the top five win against them and then try to get the belt again I know she did say that she felt like she already conquered that mountain. She wants to do flyweight. She wants to be a double champ. But I just feel that uh, there is some issues here. And unless Trevor Whitman comes back and completely changes my narrative here, I'm very, very, very concerned with how things are going here. I've, I've said to my friends, and not even in a joking way, I feel like there's going to be some 30 for 30 that's going to come out with Rose Dom, and Yunus in this camp about 15 years from now and it's going to be one of those things where we go what if and you know the career she had is is incredible but like what happens you know in these times are probably going to be the most telling and I think she has a very documentary type career let's keep it real
0: she already um, had one did you not yeah. watch it
1: no Oh but- no I did not watch it but I'm saying
0: when when the people in when the people in the the, the, ah, can't even fucking speak when the human beings involved in the documentary include the person the documentary is about you're not going to get any of the stuff you're talking about here so there is a documentary that exists uh but it's more so about her life and family history um i love that you have this take because I feel the exact opposite, and this is this is where we lean into good. my hot takes here. Um, from what I understand, um, this was not a permanent change. This was a lot to do with the Justin Gaethje fight and the preparation for it, and like not wanting to split time. From what I understand, yeah. I heard um, about this. Yes, I think Chico Camus is a is a good assistant corner in there. Um, I didn't like everything that Pat Barry was saying in the corner and the dynamic is weird. I do agree with you, especially with all the, I mean, this is all very well-documented at this point, right? Yeah. Uh, There's no need to dive into these very fucking disgusting things. But um, at the end of the day, I think there is sort of a jump on people to just try to slander Pat whenever they get a chance because of that. And I think, as a coach, he's not half as bad as many coaches that regularly get no, definitely not. way more than him. Um, So I, I'm not worried as much. I think long-term, and this is my, this is my hot take as far as this, my takeaways from this fight. Um, I think we got robbed. I think we got robbed of a potentially amazing fight because of the injury to Rose. Um, I think that changed the trajectory of this one big time. Yeah. And what really shocked me and I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you more about this is I am not as high on man and Fiaho as I once was, I think with all the other rising talent at flyweight, I think what really bothers me about her game is there, there's, there's variance when it's needed and when it's available, right? She gets that psychic out whenever she feels her opponents in range and does a good job jousting with it and keeping opponents at bay but her 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 game is just so repetitive and and yeah. meat and potatoes um it's just weird to watch someone that you can so easily predict what they're going to do like over and over again especially over the course of a UFC career right like this is something in my opinion that based on who you were fighting right someone that's smaller clearly smaller than you by a, a big margin in this weight class and it's still somehow became a close fight. Like I'm just not sold now on her being a upper echelon contender in this division, not because she doesn't have the skills, but more so. I just feel like she gets away with a lot because of how big she is in weight class and her ability to keep opponents at bay because of that more so than what she's doing. Striking is impressive if that makes any sense is that a, is that crazy do you agree with me no i agree with
1: you and i i think she is very repetitive and i i was i was saying it i said it in the last show where i felt that this fight could be a different story and why i might have picked rose if this was a five round fight because i even felt in round 3 that rose was starting to pick it up rose was starting to feel it out she figured it out, even though I did, I, I did really feel that it was a size advantage here, and I, I did feel that Rose didn't look as top peak shape that she you know usually does, but that's also because you you know you gain the weight to be in that division. But um I felt that Rose was starting to get comfortable in round three, and that's why I think she won round three, if I remember correctly. Um I think two out of the three judges had a twenty nine twenty eight for Fiaho, but I felt like if this was a five round fight, then it's another one of those that could have been probably a toss up. I think Rose had started to figure out a lot. And while she doesn't have the power like, like Manone does, I think that she was just a technically better fighter. And I think she, it took her a bit to get used to this division and the size, and especially going from a new division and you're fighting basically the number one contender. You know, that's, there's, there's nothing easy about this. And I do think that Pat Barry is a good coach. You know he's been right there in her corner to for two championships you know it's i'm not taking that away from him at all i just think that yes i think the gaethje thing had something to do with it um i i know she did come out and say that as well i don't know it, it kind of makes me question a little bit that in the middle of that camp to you know be like oh i didn't want to be a bother so i stayed completely away it doesn't really make much sense to me you know coming from the fact that mm-hmm she is a two time champ and Gagechi is fighting for a BMF belt and I get it you're trying to get him a belt as well and you know it's all about giving the fighter full camp and whatever but then at the same time like I would think that you would be there for some days or you know you split time until that Gaethje fights over and then you still have what was it when was that fight 4 or 5 weeks ago it had to be right the Gaethje Poirier fight it had to be over a month ago now So you still would have the majority of your camp with Trevor Whitman and his team. And like I said, I'm not taking anything away. I do think that the finger was definitely a a problem. That would really piss me off, though, was the fact that he that Pat Barry was like, oh, don't worry about it. Eff it. You can't think (laughs) about it right now. And I'm like, clearly, she's thinking about it because she can't throw her right hand. She threw it like twice that entire first round.
0: Clearly, I disagree. I think I texted you about this, right? It's, I think I texted you, you about not, this. I disagree with this say mindset to me that entirely. Did not bother her. I disagree with this mindset entirely. There's no way that, as a corner, in my opinion, your response to them saying, "Hey, my hand is fucking broken," to be like, "No way. Do you want me to stop the fight?"
1: Like, just the last.
0: Just the last. not that. I think. I think the soldier mentality of like. Uh, shout out Greg Jackson, hit him with your groin, right? Like that mentality of like, no matter what is happening, you cannot allow that to phase you because that is what we came here to do, right? Like that that's 100%. what I, that, like, I agree that with is you there. the clear, in my opinion, yes. that's the only way you go about this. like, yes. wh- how, what would you have rather him said there? I, I'm curious.
1: I don't, see, that's the thing. I, I've been thinking about this and I, I was thinking a more physical approach of like, Trying to literally snap it back in, you know, with those, you you could get to the finger, and you saw where the dislocation was. So obviously, I'm not saying Pat Barry is a fucking doctor and could just, (laughs) and it's back to normal. But try something. You know, the whole fight, she's fighting like this because she's so it's it's bothering her so much that I think it took her until like the middle of round two to just be like, all right, forget it. I'm just I'm just gonna have to fight this way. And I think that was, that's what. Got to her. I think that's what, you know, got to her those first two rounds. I think that's one of the main reasons she lost those two rounds. Also, obviously, being in this new weight class, I think that was a new experience for her. But I was thinking more of like, fuck it, you can't think about it, give it to me, and like snap it back in or, you know, try something. Even if it can't get much worse, she's not, she's clearly trying not to throw a right hand. And she was switching stances a lot in the first round. But something, and you know, like, there are plenty of fighters who dislocate fingers and or toes or, you know, something. And, and you have someone in your corner who's right there like, all right, fucking bite down. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, here we go. But it, I, like I said, it, it's, it's easy to point the finger. And you said this, too. It's easy to point the finger at Pat Barry because of obviously the history. I get that. I'm not trying to be like a casual fan here. I do think what they have is a little bit on the – uh Disgusting side.
0: I don't like coach fighter relationships. Definitely all. not. So I like think it.
1: that's always a natural disaster waiting to happen. And obviously, everyone can easily hate on Pat because of their history. But I do feel that with how she clearly was bothered, and I think she was kind of looking for a little comfort or a little bit of like, "Give it to me. I'll, I'll let me. Let's see what we could do." And in the fact of her last fight, with this whole technical fight of not doing anything for 25 minutes and losing the belt, and I, I do, and in going on the Ariel Hawani show saying that that was the perfect game plan, I still think it was a great game plan. I do feel like that's what people hate the most. I feel like that's what people jump on. But you know, I'm also curious to see what happens now. Like, what is the, what is. What's next for Rose? You know, what does if she anything, want to do? Right. Exactly, and that's why I didn't choose her in Dynasty, because I, I love I'm glad her. I did though, and I'll tell you why. Okay, I love her as a fighter, and she's my favorite female fighter of all time. But I don't know what her future might look like if she wants to even continue doing this, because I know she said she wanted to climb this mountain, and she wants a new mountain. She wants to be a two division champion, and blah blah blah. If she were to become a two division champion i think she would go back down to fight whoever the strawweight champion is try to be a double champ retire and go out on top but you lose this way what do you want to do now do you want to stay in the flyweight fight a top 10 and try to build your way back up as a flyweight or do you want to go back down where you know you're a top three strawweight where you're one fight away from going right back to a title against a person that you've already beaten twice What do you want to do with your career you know that's what you have to ask yourself and i get it you say that you've already climbed that mountain you don't want to do it anymore but you know i i don't you know this is where fighters are stronger and smarter than me where you have to you see this very small light at the end of this flyaway tunnel and you go i want to i see it so i'm going to go for it while the straw tunnel is like i'm at the end so i know I, i can get out of this in a second I could t- turn my whole career around, but I-, I do admire that she wants to stay in flyweight, so I'm curious to see what happens with her next.
0: Yeah, great shouts, man. I think this this fight was weirdly reminiscent to the Karolina Kowalkevich fight, in my opinion. I think a performance, a performance where s- something happens early on and it just feels like... The, the universe has been thrown off, right? <laughs> and the fight somehow didn't play out the way it should. And the fact that she has so many fights like this now, right? You could throw Carla Sparza fight in there too, as far as that dynamic. Yep. Um, Very strange, right? But when she's on, she's on, man. And I think this performance specifically, like the Carolina performance, um, should spark uh, a very... I would hate to be the next person to fight Rose, to say the least. Uh, But... look. I hope she continues to fight i don't i don't doubt she will especially based on how um she's kind of been talking since since the fight so um we'll see we'll see there's a lot of ways this can go for sure um but yeah we'll move on because we've got a whole card to get into ufc 293 Israel Adesanya coming up against Sean Strickland, the main event that was finalized less than three weeks ago. Uh, you love to see the forethought just come into fruition. Um, for this one, let's start at the bottom. I don't want to. I don't want to start at the top anymore. Let's start at the bottom uh, because I have this weird feeling that we're not going to have a lot to say about these fights. First one. <laughs> Kevin Joucette's City Kickboxing's own a minus 150 favorites against Kiefer Crosby. SBG's new hope for an Irish superstar. Uh, underdog at plus 135. Coming off of an exhibition boxing match against one Aaron Chalmers from Jordy Shore fame. Uh, <laughs> you love to see the influencer slash MMA connection. Uh, but... Weird fucking matchup, if you ask me, Sean. I'm gonna throw to you. Let's let's see. Let's put you in the hot seat here. Who, who you going with? You
1: know what? I'm I'm gonna go with Kiefer here. I, I I do feel that the switch stance is definitely gonna be a major factor in uh in keeping things very uncomfortable for Kevin. And I think let's see. This is these fights are always so tough because this can really go either way no matter what but i this is one of those where i really do feel the switch stance is definitely going to play a major factor here I, i i just i have a feeling especially i've seen more of kevin than i have of kiefer so kevin can be very uncomfortable at times and i feel that kiefer might be a more dominant fighter by the end of it. And I don't think it's gonna end necessarily in a knockout, but I wouldn't be surprised, but I think that Keeper will win this by unanimous.
0: Great shouts, man. I love it. I love it. Um both of these guys have shockingly faced some really good guys outside the UFC, right? Like Kevin just said uh fought Jack Della Maddalena and, and came up on the wrong side of that uh, equation and Kiefer Crosby has a recent win over Alex Cowboy Olivera on the regional scene a first round knockout which I I watched back in preparation for this super fun to watch um the dude's a tank too man like he he's fucking huge for for 170 uh the dude the dude there's going to be a noticeable uh difference in girth between these two um if that helps <laughs> paint the picture uh but I'm glad you went Kiefer here. I honestly, when I was thinking about the matchup and watching tape, I honestly kind of leaned towards Kiefer being the favorite. So I was kind of surprised that he was listed as the underdog here. Um, but I think Kevin Jussette's uh control grappling for someone out of city kickboxing. Man, this guy does not have good striking. It's fucking weird, right? That's what they're known for. Uh but I don't I don't think he looks clean at all on the feet. You hit it, you hit it right on the head when you say he looks really just out of sorts sometimes. Like sometimes he he throws he throws shit out there. It's like, I guess that was a jab. Uh not really. Uh but I just think we're gonna end up in scenarios where Crosby's just throwing bombs, man. That's that's just who he is. Exactly. And um we're gonna get to a clinch. And said is really strong with his clinch takedown specifically um and and having the height advantage too, um I think is really gonna help in those phases. so first first fight of the night, we've got some some controversy here. I'm loving it. Uh, usually Good, like we're, that. usually, we're eight fights deep, and we have the same fucking <laughs> slate on the picks. Uh, but Good. I think Irish MMA has a special place in your heart, Sean. I, I'm I'm keeping that in mind moving yeah, forward. Yeah, I, I don't care what fights. I'm <laughs> I
1: am a McGregor fan. I don't care about the hatred. I do not care about people who hate him and want to hate him because it's easy to hate. Granted, there are other situations where I understand why you can hate him. He's out of his mind sometimes. He says some stupid things. And he says he's fighting every five seconds. And then he retires every 30 seconds. So I I can understand as a McGregor fan how annoyed you are at someone like him, especially how many times he says he's going to fight. Oh, I'm fighting in December. Oh, I'm fighting in November. Oh, I'm fighting in October, and it ends up being two years j- July. It, that I can understand where you could be very very upset, and it definitely you know pisses me off as well. But I'm I'm a big fan of that camp. Uh, I'm a big fan of what McGregor has done. He's put them on the map, and I do feel that even though looking at mcgregor now i'm a little uh, nervous but looking at what the camp can do i think that this is you know he put them on the map and i think they have spark here and i think they can definitely do some very 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 fun things and bring another serious contender from that camp
0: for sure i like it i like it hot take but I- i'll take it next up we got Shane Young coming up against Gabriel Miranda um Shane Young one of my favorite fighters to watch man and I love to see him get his homecoming moments right uh the dude just brings the energy right like covid environment or not this dude brings his own juice you know what I'm saying he doesn't need the crowd to pump him up um that man is ready for fucking war every t- literally you can tell Um, Big fan of of him as an individual. Um, His game, (laughs) not so much. Um, Definitely, in my opinion, someone who could really benefit from having an in-between game, right? Like, I don't think he's ever going to become a dominant grappler. But being able to hunt clinch positions, especially against the fence, and do damage there on a regular basis... Uh, I think could really help his game out just because he's kind of small for the division, um, and he's coming up against a fucking huge fighter in Gabriel Miranda. Um, the odds currently are minus one sixty-five. Shane Young, the favorite. Gabriel Miranda plus one forty-eight. I hope I didn't repeat myself because I think I forgot to say it. Uh, but as far as who I'm going with here, it's kind of close, man. It's kind of close. I'm not gonna lie. I've kind of waffled about on this one back and forth. Um, I think ultimately you gotta go with man what's giving me pause here is I just feel like Miranda is a fucking tank and and that gives him gives Shane Young issues in general, um, but I'm riding the crowd, fuck it, Give me Shane Young in this head to head matchup.
1: See, that's the only thing that's making me somewhat debate this fight but i have to feel that eventually you can't win every time you're at home and i think gabriel is such a bigger fighter and shane young is it is really really fun i'm not taking that away from him every time he's in there i enjoy every second of it but i i i think that even when gabriel fought the guy we just mentioned Benoit Saint Denis last i was uh I was a big fan of that fight, even though it did not end well for him at all um i'm i I like his upside a little more thing is like what bothers me is that like Shane Young could literally turn it on and just be this incredible fighter and just absolutely show out, especially in front of the home fans so it's got me thinking, oh, this is so tough because. As I started this, I'm thinking, I think Gabriel's got this. I think Gabriel's a better fighter here. But I think Shane Young could definitely pull something off here. But you know what? To keep it different from you for now, I'm going to go with Gabriel. Just to keep it different, I do feel Shane Young can easily win this fight riding the crowd. But I think Gabriel's a better fighter. And I think Gabriel will come out on top somehow.
0: I'm I'm loving this. This is amazing right now. We got nothing but parody. So
1: there we go. Uh,
0: looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Next up, we've got Blood Diamond himself. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name. That's just who he is. Another, once again, it is a city kickboxing party. Uh, coming up against Charlie Radke, and the odds are currently Radke by is a favorite minus two eighty, and. Blood Diamond gives you a plus two forty return on your investment, Sean. Which way are you going? Ooh, see,
1: this is this is a good one. Um, I'm gonna go with Radke here. I have not liked what I've seen from from Blood Diamond as of late. Um, I'm not sure whether it's we've seen his peak already, but I just feel that. Ugh. I like the Chuck Buffalo a little more. I really do. uh This is this is a tough one, but I just I'm not confident. In blood or whatever whatever his real first name is.
0: <laughs> blood. We're gonna get we're gonna go get it back in blood.
1: Right. Let's get it.
0: That's hilarious, bro. But um, give
1: me give me Charlie for this one. um I think this can actually end in uh, a second
0: round knockout. Okay. I like it. I like it. I'm a little nervous about this fight (laughs) and I'm not going to make a pick off of straight potential and straight um, upside. I'm going with Charlie Radke here, uh, but I think I think there's a real chance we see Blood Diamond come out here and just fucking blow this guy out the water. I think not having UFC experience really factors into things and fighting on the road. Like, I don't like big favorites at that number on the road. You know what? Give me three fights in a row. We got different fucking picks. I'm going with Blood Diamond here just based off of the fact that I I think... I can't wait for you to
1: win all three, and then I'm just looking like a complete ass hat of myself so let's let's go
0: no this one feels like an automatic l <laughs> but i just have to assume that the hype is real because trust me there's been a lot of hype on this guy and i agree up to now he has not shown an ability to fight in mma as many kickboxers have been able to transition i just think that does take some time too right and what has he had nothing but fucking time what has it been like almost a year and a half since the last time he fought let me check that. I want to make sure.
1: I'm yeah, I think something that. like that. It was um,
0: yep, twenty twenty Ju- Ju- July, 2022. yeah, July twenty twenty two. Yep. So uh, literally uh, a year and two months. Um, I-, I think that's a lot of time to change your game, and you the hope. fact that <laughs> yeah, you would hope, you would hope. Um, but at that camp, man, I think I-, I trust that team a little bit more than I do others. So, uh, let's take a fucking shot. Next up, Nazrat Hakparast. For the first time, if I'm not mistaken, representing what was it? I saw this earlier. and Now I, I I hate that I do this, man. Sometimes I just like I'm saying something and I blank on it immediately. <laughs> but um, he's gonna be representing a different country than usual here this Ooh. time. Just gotta just felt like mentioning that. Uh, maybe one day I'll, I'll remember what that country is. Um, but coming up against Landon Quinones, obviously coming off of the ultimate fighter series right now, the odds for this one sit with Hack Paras at minus 450 and Quinones coming back with a huge return of plus 360. Um, shout out to you for this knowledge because I had no idea about this. Apparently, Nazareth Hockbras was supposed to fight Sam Peterson at UFC Paris, and they couldn't make that one happen, and that's why they called up Landon on short notice. So, with that being said, and that important preface. Being laid out there, I think it's very clear why this is a well, this is the second biggest favorite on the card. I'm a big fan of Nasrat Haqparas's game. I think he has top 15 upside still. Uh, training at a really good team, obviously, with um, Farazahabi and those guys up north in the great white north. Um, I'm a fan of what I've seen, man. I think, I think he. Has a more diverse game than people give him credit for. Obviously, the power is what he is known for and tends to over uh, overhunt, right? Um, but I think specifically from what I've seen from Landon Cunyones, he's kind of like a and and once again, no shade. I'm not everyone that goes out there and fights is a fucking savage, but um, it's kind of like a UFC created fighter to me. Like he has <laughs> he has no like. Uh, outstanding categories just yet like he's he's he is you in your career mode right before you get to the ufc where you're just you're, you're getting by off of just cheesing one twos right like <laughs> you, you you have you have nothing uh to write home about so um i definitely think um nasbra should come away with a huge win in this one uh but Landon quinones is a dog so i won't be surprised if it ends up being a decision um but i think this is going to be a very clear disparity in skill for this one uh if you're willing to to take that kind of chalk uh this feels like a safe parlay play to me
1: yeah i'm I'm going with Nasra right here and watching um watching the ultimate fighter you know he was probably connor's favorite fighter if i had to guess because he he was his number one, uh, I think his number one pick, if I remember correctly, or his number one overall, in 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 that division. So, but mm-hmm. I do feel that, you know, he is a very 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 green, fresh prospect still, and I think throwing him in there with Nasrat, who I guess is a is a veteran, like just like the show, but Nasrat has competed with the best of them, with the very best of them. And, uh, you know, his fight against um, Bobby Green and uh, Dan Hooker, you know, those are very noticeable, notable fights as well, where then going down to, I feel like this is like I was saying before to you, off air, that throwing him in uh, into this fight, throwing Landon into this fight was kind of a... Big mismatch. I feel like they, you know, they they got landed the contract the UFC, and it was a win for him. But having um od, who's repping Morocco, I guess, or he's not? Is he not repping Morocco now? Yes,
0: that's the one. He's repping Morocco now. Yeah, there you, go. There uh, you go. Previously, uh there was multiple countries, <laughs> but we're going with Morocco this time around. Hey, changing it
1: up. I like it. I- I'll assume he's wearing red shorts then. And
0: uh, uh, good assumption.
1: Yeah, I just think that Nasrat, especially, I've said this so many shows, where history and um, having plenty of time here in the UFC, being a veteran that the way that you are, especially still being a veteran in the UFC, definitely plays dividends, and I think that this is one of those where, not to take anything away from winning because he is a dog, man. Even in that fight that he had in the Ultimate Fighter, he was not matched well, but he still fought literally like a puppy dog he refused to quit but i think nazra's a better fighter and i think it'll definitely show um the guy who doesn't get a lot of knockouts might get a nice little tko by the end of round three
0: i like it i like it a lot next up honestly these next two fights i am the most excited for as far as a two fight stretch Cause man, these these next two fights are gonna be bangers. We got Jamie Mularkey minus two fifty coming up against John mcdessey Sean, lead the way, take us to the promised land. Who you got here?
1: All right, so I'm going with Malarkey here. I and this is this is firmly based on well a lot of things, but I do believe that I agree with you. These two fights, even even the next one after that, it, it these are gonna be some really good fights, and I think this is what saves the card a little bit because these guys are fighting um and I think this is something where people who aren't going to buy the pay-per-view can really take notice on these fighters especially I think especially like our next fight with Jack Jenkins I think people are really going to start paying attention to him as well and uh but Jamie Malarkey is is a very 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 good fighter and I think with his uh even though he lost his last one I felt I loved what he was doing Uh, earlier this year and and, um i can't remember who he fought and he was on the volkanovski card but i can't remember who he fought but i was a big fan of that fight i thought he was a much more dominant fighter and then the fight before when he fought michael johnson he was a clearly a much better fighter there i I was surprised it even went to split decision i can't remember who he fought right after that but it was i've loved his upside and while he didn't look good in the in the his last fight um i'm like i was uh or something no no i can't be it
0: miss name there you go yeah yeah something like that
1: i i I remember i remember the loss very well i just couldn't remember the name Mm -hmm. um i didn't like obviously i I felt he was very uncomfortable in that fight but i think this is a big turnaround for him and i think he makes quick work of uh, mac desi for sure
0: copy i agree i definitely agree i think i'm a big fan of both of these guys right but at the end of the day whenever i consider john mcdesi and his up upside the dude is just really old right like let's be honest dude is really old um he makes for bangers out there uh but there's a time on that i'm gonna be honest though i think there there is a little bit of disparity in the odds right i didn't think the odds would be this wide i think as from what we've seen from jamie Mullarky in the past in my opinion he should never be above minus 160 just because of being someone who has proven that he can get hurt late in fights specifically um but yeah, I can't. I can't bring myself to pick Mac Desi here, just because not only the age, but also the physical advantages. Man, Malarkey's gonna be a fucking tower standing next to to Mac Desi. I won't be surprised if he even works in a lot of clinch work just because of that. He's gonna be at least what, like four inches right taller than him. Um, we, we got some problems here. Uh, but I love watching Magdassi fight. He's one of the more interesting fighters to watch um not just because he he does a lot of fun shit and gets into crazy scraps uh but because he really has really good variance to his strikes and you could tell that he's really setting things up with certain things in mind next up we've got jack jenkins coming up against chepe Mariscal. jack jenkins coming up at a minus 190 favorite chepe at a plus 175 underdog I'll t- I'll lead the dance on this one. I'm a big fan of this fight, man. I think both of these guys are fucking fun to watch. Um, I like both of their games. I think Jack Jenkins is very new age technical in the way of, I'm going to destroy your legs and force you to be uncomfortable until I can overwhelm you. Um, a little bit of a basic sort of team alpha male, uh, Body composition, if that makes sense, like he he seems like a, a fucking tank and someone who you're gonna have a hard time trying to be successful in in any phase, uh. But willing to get into a banger, and I think Chepe is gonna force a fucking brawl no matter who he's fighting. Uh, both of these guys are really exciting fights, man. So, um, a lot to look uh a lot to look forward to here. Um, I waffle back and forth, man. I'm gonna be honest, um. There were some moments that I've watched of Jack Jenkins that made me a little nervous, um, but I'm going to stick with Jack Jenkins. I think his upside, based on his game, is a little bit higher than than Chepe's, uh, but trust me, I was this close to picking Chepe, especially because of his power and just willingness to create an absolute frantic scramble at all times. Like, not just like... At, at some point I'll be willing to accept throwing down. No, he, his goal is to make you throw down with him right now. Like that, that is his goal in fights. Um, so really excited for this one, but I'm going Jack Jenkins.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Jack as well. And I agree with you. I, I, you said it perfectly where Jack has definitely been, especially in his last fight, um, against Jamal. I think that's right. Um, he was a little bit on the scary side. I was surprised it was even that close. I remember talking about this fight with you, and I remember thinking that Jack had a, a much better op- a shot here to continue the trend. But it was a it was a lot closer than I thought, and I actually was a little nervous on how the decision was going to go. And that's the, those are the times where you know Jack is supposed to be this dominant force, or and the, the hype is really strong around him right now. But there are times where he can look a little on the scarier side. And, uh, you know, when he's in trouble, how he gets himself out of trouble. And I feel like I haven't seen a dominant way out of that yet. But I do feel he's a better fighter. And, of course, like, I, like I've like i said before, I it is a funny thing with how fighters perform when they're at home or what they consider home. And uh, this is one of those times where I just feel that the crowd will make this a very, very, very fun fight and i could see this being a little bit more one-sided than originally thought going in but i think jenkins can have a nice 30 27 performance here
0: i like it i like it so you're you're nowhere near my my thoughts as far as how close this is this one could be, end up being so interested to see how that one plays out right we always love a, l- a good little wrinkle in our analysis next up carlos the black jag olberg um, hide your wives, hide your shorties, man. This is getting tough, man. It's it's getting tough, man. If there's any, if there's any card, I'm having my girl watch. It's not this one. Uh minus Minus two sixty, coming up against Daun Jung at plus two thirty five. I'll lead the dance on this. No, one no, no, no. I'm not I'll lie. lead the dance oh. on
1: this one. All
0: oh. right. <laughs> oh. Okay.
1: You've had three straight. All right. Let me, no, I'm just kidding. I I just want to say that I think this fight, I don't want to take anything away from Da'un, but I think this fight was completely made for Olberg and the camp that him, Adesanya, and all those guys are from. I think this is, uh, especially obviously being at home here, but I think Olberg is a slowly rising hype star, if that makes any sense. You know, he's been, I think he's been in every single embedded that has to do with Volkanovski or Adesanya he's they always have to get him involved and I think that there's a reason for it and I think Oberg has had a, a 4 fight win streak if I remember correctly he's had a, a very nice start um he's been around for a good minute you know he started off a little slow but I think he's picked it up as of way I think having sparring partners like that you know having Adesanya as your sparring partner and vice versa is couldn't ask for better there you know not a lot of uh, fighters get that opportunity but to have it on an everyday basis makes you a better fighter and I think Oberg is slowly on his way up I I don't know if he's a championship caliber fighter but I do think he can crack the top 15 top 10 top 10 I meant um within a good time but I think this fight is clearly made for him to win and to win in an almost dominating fashion so I'm not taking anything away from jung i think jung could still turn it around but at the same time if he loses this one i think it'll be three straight losses for him and i don't know whether the ufc will consider holding on to him for that and i i also feel like he's made to lose and i hate seeing that i love seeing fights that have under 190 type odds but when you see these type of odds and you see the streak that they've been on you have oberg who's on four or five in a row and then you have Jong, who's on, I think, two or... I don't think he won his last one. At Two or three in a row that he's lost. I think it just definitely shows what they're trying to do here. And, uh, you know, the UFC is as awesome as it is to watch. I feel like there are many questionable moments, to keep it lightly, on what they do with fighters and fights and... Instead of doing best fights, they do hype fights. And I think this is one of those. And I think Oberg is going to take this one pretty uh pretty easily.
0: Man, I agree with you on the optics of this one. I also think though that this is a sneaky, more competitive fight. I, I hope think this so. should be around I think this should be around like minus one sixty because Daoong Jun has really shown that he has next level power for this weight class. And on top of that, he's nowhere near as small as a lot of the other opponents that um Oberg has been styling on lately. I do agree though that there is a clear improvement in his game and especially his finishing um abilities as of late. So, um, I'm interested to see whether or not he's able to do the same here in the first round. Um, kind of got close to picking down Jung there for a second.., uh, but no, hell no. um. Hell no. I'd much rather have this fight be an I told you so moment with both of us taking an L than me feeling like I'm automatically uh-huh. taking
1: an L. You want, you want, Chung. I know you do. It's there.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm daun with your shit already. <laughs> I'm going with Oberg here and um, yeah, check, check, check the panties after and make sure they're not sure. wet because if they are. Might might want to reconsider your situation. Absolutely. Next up <laughs> we got Tyson Pedro minus 140 favorite coming up against Anton Turkalaj. Oh also wanted to mention shout out to Carlos Olberg for avenging uh Mauricio Shogunhua. Uh never, never knock out a legend that you should have. Not even being the fucking ring with at that at that point of their career, and then Fortnite dance over their body—that's next level disrespect, man. You you don't do things like that. So thank you Olberg for avenging that loss for the streets. Anyway, <laughs> uh Pedro versus Anton Turkala, turkalage Turkal—I I can't. Since Sean is clearly upset that I have apparently just uh, taken all the bandwidth of the show, Sean, lead the dance, brother. Who you got here? Cool
1: okay so this one is a is a good fight I think this is a good a very good fight for both these fighters um I'm a little I'm having a, a difficult time here to be honest with you I, I really am um you know I've loved what Tyson Pedro has done just in this last year alone uh well I should say 2022 to now um uh, I, I was a big fan of his I, I did feel that the his last fight against uh Mod- terrible and Modestas, if i remember correctly
0: Um, Bukaki,
1: there you go that's not his name that's definitely not how it's spelled how it is but that's that it's close enough but it's um i i thought that he he lost that fight but i think it was a lot closer than than people realize and uh he makes me very very cautious but with anton man Anton's on a two-fight losing streak, but man, that fight he had against Vitor was an incredible fight. That was a great, great fight. The takedowns were unbelievable. They were going after each other. That was a real MMA performance, and that was probably my favorite fight of that card. So, that was like the peak of, I felt, the peak for what I've seen from Anton so far. But I do feel that tyson pedro has been there i think he's i think he is a stronger fighter in this case in this scenario so i'm going to ride with tyson pedro this is so close i can go with anton here but i think tyson has done just enough for me that He's going to get the job done it's going to be a very 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 close fight here but i think tyson pedro comes out on top
0: i like it i like it a lot because i'm taking a shot on the dog baby i i'm not a fan of tyson pedro's last performance i actually disagree with you entirely i thought he looked terrible against modesta's bukowskis Mm. and i thought bukowskis looked good um but his next fight um it still looked good don't get me wrong um but it just made me worry about his game in general and where it's headed, right? Like the big wins he had were against names that should have never been in the UFC in the first place. Um, yeah. So, and and when you consider just just the guy, the guys these two have fought, I would say, Turkali has the bigger name, harder fights in in the division. Obviously, didn't come up on the on the right end of those, um, but I just feel like this this is gonna be that moment where uh Turkals really uh lets loose right? You're gonna see him get get the win and just fucking scream might even shed a tear uh because it's gonna feel so damn good uh to to keep your job right that, that's that's the goal here. So I'm going Mr. Uh, Turkji, even though I could never say his name right and every time I say it, it's different. Next up Justin Taffa. Extra bonus points. If you could tell me where he ranks in the brother hierarchy, uh, coming up against, <laughs> where, <no. laughs> coming up against Austin Lane. This is a rematch after the first one ended in a no contest due to an eye poke. Justin Taffa is the favorite at minus 260. Um, Austin Lane coming back at plus 163. This one was all is also sneaky tough for me. Um, I think Austin Lane is the much better athlete of the two. Um, but I think Justin Taffa is just a much better fighter at this stage of their careers. I think given more time, I think we might be, we might look back at this one and say, man, how the fuck did he beat Austin Lane? I genuinely believe that. I think he has a good ceiling in heavyweight that we don't really see out of other guys. Um, obviously got knocked out by Greg Hardy, so he became a meme. Um, but the dude is fucking athlete, man. He's huge for the division. And, um, yeah, man, I, I just think when it comes to this matchup, um, the first, the first go around, it wasn't looking good for lane early. Um, and I think we're going to sort of, sort of kind of pick up right where we left off. I think this one is going to be a little bit more competitive though. I won't be surprised if Austin lane comes out a little bit more desperate, right. To try to close the distance and, and end up in clinch scenarios. Um, but yeah i'm still gonna go with justin toffer here
1: see this is one of those where yes i what you said especially at the end there where i felt this is you know it was with, when they started the fight obviously it was only like 30 seconds long but felt Toffa was already the better fighter in the in the first go around let's say but and uh, i do feel that austin lane has had some very good fights and i i I'm a firm believer here that if Austin Lane can get this to the second round, that this could be a different type of fight. But I do feel that that won't happen. I think Tafa's a more experienced fighter, obviously, but I think a much better fighter as of right now. A bigger guy, and uh, I can't take anything away from him. I think I'm a humongous fan of of heavyweight southpaws. I've always been and i think that this is one of those times where i think he finishes the job against austin lane and kind of moves past this chapter that that he's been that he's had i guess since probably he's probably been in this type of camp since like may of fighting. i'm thinking about this one guy i think he's tired of this this one guy and i think he kind of makes this a 3 minute performance and uh finishes finishes lane quickly
0: i like it that makes a lot of sense to me it's making sense. Uh, the math is math. And next up, some would argue, the people's main event, Manao Cape, at minus three forty, coming up against Felipe dos Santos at plus two eighty. Sean, you have the pleasure. Lead the dance. Let us know how you feel. I think everyone feels the same way here. Um, every time I
1: think of of what do you what do you say manal is that what is that is that how you yep. pronounce it manal, okay good see I, I can't get anything right so thinking of manal here i think everyone was excited to see that fight against him and davidson Figueroa, whatever it was supposed to be three four months ago and it just never could happen obviously davidson's going back and forth on weight classes and then he was supposed to fight kai car france and then that ended up not happening so i feel like this is like a third alternate of who he was supposed to fight and i think i think honestly i think the um the betting line is a little 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 less steep than i wanted it to be i think it should be a little bit more but i think i think manal is a much 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 more dominant fighter than felipe and i think this is a people's main event because it's going to be a show for sure i I think um this is something where you people start to pay attention to the flyweight division besides the top three fighters in that division i think i think manal is on his way and i think we can see manal in a title fight within a year and a half s time from now and i think this is just one of those fights that just adds to the resume adds to the career win-loss record and i think he'll blow right through dos santos and i'm not taking anything from dos santos you know this is a win for him regardless, taking this fight on a shorter notice, let's say, and uh, you know, getting your name out there, you're you're basically a very, very, very green-as-grass prospect here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure what his future will necessarily hold, you know, moving forward, but I do think that this could be a, uh, a nice showing here. He's super young. I, I, I believe he's only like 22 years old or something. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he's got a lot of potential. I know he's undefeated, but I think this is there's levels to this game, and I think Manal will make quick work of that. You know, I'm not gonna think it's gonna be like the 292 card with um, what's his name with uh, oh my gosh, what is his name? I'm forgetting. Um, with uh, with Mario Batista taking that fight, and you know, thinking (coughs) that because it was such a short notice fight that it would be so one sided, but I think Manal goes right through him, and I think this sets up a. nice fight with kai car france right after again
0: i'm loving it i'm loving it i am also going with mano cop i'm gonna be honest i think if he's able to start fighting regularly right like within the next couple of months i think he has star upside like almost like similar to Derek lewis like This dude is a fucking character, man. And I hope we can see that as well as we saw it in Risen. Because obviously, I'm a big Risen guy. His run in Risen still is one of the most impressive things ever. Because every time out, he was, like Felipe Dos Santos, a huge underdog. And even in the fights that he lost, the man just put on a show. Um, I'm a big fan of his game and his swagger, like his personality. He has the very uh he's an antagonist right and i think nobody likes nice guys anymore i think you you can be uh the stephen thompson's of the world and nobody cares right but as soon as you start being a dick to other people uh for some reason people get behind that so Um, I could really see him having big time star potential and I won't be surprised if he wins and just goes on like a fucking three minute diatribe uh, like Derek Lewis did and, and get some fucking uh, clicks because of it. So um, I, I think Mantle capes upside skill wise, a little bit shorter, honestly, I'm not a big fan of his energy expenditure. I think obviously he's huge for flyweight. So that plays a big factor in it, but keep your eyes on the scales in this one. I think, if if there's any sort of issue for manel cape making weight um the move to bantam weight might be imminent literally um but i'm telling you man this dude is fucking huge for flyweight promise you guys um it may not look that way he's not tall um but his his fucking body is just uh he's a tank bro he 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 really is a tank Next up, our co-main events of the evening. We've got Tai Tuivasa. El Shuivasa himself at minus oh, excuse me, plus 164 coming up against Alexander Volkov at minus 198. Um, do you wanna do you wanna take the lead on this one? Do you want me to go? All right, go ahead, brother.
1: Yeah, I'll take it. The damn thing. Um, I think this is a uh surprisingly a good fight, but I think I'm surprised that he, you know, because of Ty losing too straight, they're gonna make him the underdog here. I I guess I understand. Um Volkov is a very interesting situation with me. Uh, I was a big fan of Volkov and then I think it was when he beat Alistair Overeem. Which really devastated me because Overeem was my favorite fighter when I first started watching. You know, it basically retired Overeem with that. But then getting uh, into that huge war with Cyril Gaṇ, I started to be like, you know what? I'm starting to believe. But then the loss to Tom Aspinall in submission like that, and I was like, oh, maybe he's not ready yet. But and, and I do. It's so back and forth in me. But I do. I, I am going with Tides, just so everyone's aware. I, I believe. Whoa, um, I do believe that Ty is the guy I'm going to go with, and um,
0: Ty is the guy.
1: Yeah, I, I just feel he, especially. I don't want to keep saying that it's because we're at home here, but Ty puts on fight of the nights, performance of the nights every time he's out there, and I think that he has seen the best of the best. Right? Can we, can we agree that the Cyril Gon fight was? Obviously, not made for him to win, being in UFC Paris, like I mentioned before. Um, and then getting Sergei Pavlovich, which at the time, Sergei was on the rise. And I think I picked Sergei to win that fight. But many people thought Ty was going to win that fight. And I just felt that, you know, he is faced probably number one and number two. And uh, I think this is a career-defining moment for him right now as of right now i think ty can put on a matchful performance i think we'll get a bunch of shoeies i think it's this is like the, this is the fight that saves the pay-per-view to be honest with you hmm. and i think that this is uh going to be a very 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 important performance for ty and for um for all for the australian card and i think ty wins this one by Second round knockout.
0: That's a great shout, man. I think win or loss, uh, environment wise, the, the, it's gonna be going crazy. So I, I could definitely see that. Um, honestly, bro. Go with Volkov. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm unequivocally going with Volkov. But I'm just trying to figure out how I word this. There's very few times that you make a pick, and I, I like lose respect. I think I lost a little bit for you just now. Right, well, my only reason, my only reason. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. We will see. Uh, my only reason is just Volkov is tailor made to beat Tuivasa. Just the way that they fight. Um, obviously, we saw Tuivasa hurt Gan, so that that plays the factor, right? It makes you makes you think about what's possible. Um, I just think Volkov is just such a, a technician when he's on his game. And I think he really has a lot to prove. If anything, this is a more pivotal moment in his career than Ty. I think Ty loses this, and it's kind of like, hey, it's all good. <laughs> you're still, still going to come out here. You're still going to come out here and do the damn thing next time you're out here anyway. I think he's already overperformed based on his skill set as far as how far he's been able to get up the rankings, to be honest. I think the fact that he's gotten up this high is. Uh, anything after this is really gravy in my opinion, just because I well, never saw him coming up uh, this high in the division. What were you going to say? Uh,
1: no, I, he jumped up in this division because I felt like he had a very overbloated bloated uh, performance against Derek Lewis, who I felt at the time should not have been number three or number two in, in the heavyweight division. The heavyweight division is mm-hmm. one of the, I think weaker divisions, especially at that time period. And, uh, you know, getting tied, two bangers to fight, and, you know, him beating Derek Lewis. I think he was, like, 14 to 13 at the time, and just beating Derek Lewis, who was clearly on a losing streak, who wasn't, you know, at his his peak at that moment in time. Obviously, he looks so much better now. He looks like he's in great shape. But at the time, I felt like he was on the spiral towards heading, you know, out the door. And I think winning that, you know, pushed him from, like, 14 to 3 because of how, you know, you know, beating Derek Lewis, who I think was three, mm-hmm. but I'm not taking anything away from Ty. I think Ty is a, easily a top seven fighter, or top five fighter, even because of this this division. But I, I, I disagree with you. I, I do think that right. it is. It, I do, 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 hundred percent. He do, do. I do, 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 do. I do believe this is a fight made in heaven for Volkov. I 100 percent agree with you there. This is a perfect matchmaking fight for volkov but i do think that ty has been here before yeah and for sure. i i have seen ty in a very similar fight i've seen him go up with against the steven struves of the world and it's, uh, jesus christ steven struve i think was the most overhyped fighter i think i've ever seen but
0: Shout out to Stefan Struve, man. I'm a fan of his, but I, I I, I understand rate. entirely why you feel that way.
1: <laughs> but I, I, you know, he has taken all of the hype fights, the Greg Hardys, who Greg Hardy should have never been a hype, but was the the Sakai's, where I remember that Sakai fight. And everyone thought Sakai was and Ty were two perfect matchments. Like, every fan was a fan of both of them, and the way he dominated Sakai in that fight. And then obviously the Derek Lewis, the elbow, that elbow to Derek Lewis completely turned Ty's world, uh, uh, you know, upside down and created this. So I think it was a, a incredible uh, run. And then I think he had a humongous jump from the Derek Lewises of the world, who were sort of in the real world. I think he was like a number nine, ten type fighter, even though he was still number three. And then you're going to Paris to fight Cyril Gan, who's arguably, who was a number one contender, who was an interim champion before that. You know, that is a humongous jump. And then you're going against Sergey, who is, I think, better than Cyril Gahn now. So, like, losing to Cyril Gahn and then fighting someone even better is a humongous, even, even bigger of a gap. So I think getting someone like Volkov, who I don't think is a top, Four, three, five fighter right now. I think he can be. Especially with a win here, You he could probably be in the top five for me. But I think taking a step back here, fighting the guys that I think he believes he's fought before and had a similar game plan for before, I do believe Ty, and obviously being in Australia, I think that definitely plays a factor. And I think this fight is made for uh, hoping and praying that Ty wins this and completely electrifies the Australian crowd because I think the Australian crowd is in for a, a, a longer night than usual. Granted, there's a lot of Australian fighters there, and I get that's where the hype will keep the fans going. But this is nothing compared to you know other UFC cards, especially UFC cards in the past. Um, mm. Like I said earlier in the show, they rushed this fight, they rushed this card, and I think Ty is going to be one, the one of the ones that saves it, if that makes any sense
0: honestly bro i'm gonna be rooting for him with you (laughs) but i just i can't see the world i can't see the world but i'm excited (laughs) i'm excited to watch this one now because i feel like the stakes of this card in general now we got five different differing fucking um matchups here so uh because i know we're both picking out a sign in the next one um but wait we got we got five differing uh head-to-heads uh this week so makes for an uh, an important, fun uh, night of fights than we expected. For our main event, we've got Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya, coming up against Sean Strickland on short on the shortest of notice possible. What are your thoughts and feelings, please? Another one where it is
1: a short notice, late substitution. Should have been Driscus Duplessis, but the card was so rushed that I 100% agree with Driscus here that he should take his time and wait for, you know, he knows that the title fight is waiting for him. So now why rush it? Why force yourself when you know that Adesanya will roll right through Sean and you know he's going to want you right after. There's no one else. You know, Pereira might be down the road. And I know Pereira said that once he wins light heavyweight, he wants to go back down to win the middleweight and be a double champ, which would be something we've never seen before. But, you know, Cannoneer is there again if you really want to do that. I don't think any fan really wants to see that right now. Um, I think they want to see Strickland get annihilated and then see the hype fight between Driskus and see how that turns out. And then maybe do Cannoneer until we wait for a Pereira trilogy. But... I think this fight is such a garbage main event. And the only reason that he's even getting it is because of how he talks. It it is a 10% because of his mouth. And I'm a fan of, and I don't care what people say. I'm a fan of Sean Strickland. I'm a fan of how crazy he is. Like, I, I find him hilarious. I think some of the things he says is the stupidest things of all time. but. He has built his own hype. He's been around a good minute. And I don't think people realize that. Like, he's been around a very, very, very long time. And he's just now gotten the hype, I would think, probably since the Pereira fight, or maybe the Jack or Manson fight. Um. But I just don't see a way where you go from fighting two guys unranked to thinking that you deserve a championship fight and even the ufc didn't want him to have this fight but they just couldn't find anyone there was there was nothing that they could do i think they were kind of hoping and praying that whitaker was going to beat driscus so that this fight would have saved it like this fight would have been the car because uh, you know whitaker would have taken this fight by now you know whitaker would have been i'm game let's do it but Because it didn't happen that way. And also, I think it was a win for them because you built this super African-type fight with Driscus and all that nonsense between the two. But because he wasn't ready, and he's perfectly understandable why he's not ready, uh, this fight is just a win-loss addition to Adesanya's career and a knockout addition to his career because all I'm going to say, and I'm going to predict this right now, Adesanya will win via head kick because... And I think it's going to happen middle of the second round. And only because I think Adesanya is going to toy with him. I think this is one of those Anderson Silva type fights where Anderson just realizes he's on a different level. Hopefully, it's not a Chris Weidman situation. But I do believe that this is one of those scenarios where Sean Strickland has technically, in the statistical department, one of the better defenses in the middleweight division. But I think Sean Strickland is very, very, very much a, uh, a response-type fighter where he responds in the moment. where If he sees the kick, he's responding to where he thinks it's going to be. And there have been a lot, a lot of film that I have seen of how open he leaves himself where especially on low kicks and high kicks and i see a situation where adesanya is going to beat down on the body or the you know chop at the leg early in the first round kind of keep the first round very very light very boring to the to the casual fan and then i think he's just going to set him up you know constant you know combinations and keeping the leg low and then he's going to Force it to the outside, and while Strickland's pressing forward, he's gonna feint the right, and go with a left high kick right to the fucking chin, and Strickland's <laughs> gonna go right to sleep. I I just see it a mile away. He's uh, he's a very much of a reaction type defense defending fighter, and he's got great skills in that. I'm not taking it away from Strickland. He's a top five, maybe even a top ten middleweight, maybe top five because it's a very light division, but there's no way that he deserves to be in this title fight. I think this is an absolute wash of a fight and a uh, red jewel onto the uh, championship belt moment for Adesanya here. And, it you know, it, it's a defending moment, let's say. And uh, he defends his belt and really just gets himself ready to fight Driscus in about four to five months from now.
0: I love it. I couldn't disagree with you at all. I am 100% gung-ho about uh, Israel Adesanya, not only beating him but styling on him until he gets a knockout. Um, I think it's actually going to be from the hands, though. I I feel like the same thing you were saying as far as being reactive, right? Like just being in a position where you can tell um, it's very uh, hair-trigger reactions to what's happening in front of you. And it isn't even a big adjustment, right? Like it, it's kind of a small adjustment, staying planted, staying rooted on your feet. Um, I think honestly, this one can end up being a little bit boring more so than anything. I, I feel like, it can't be. uh, Eric Nixick, Eric Nixick, I think it will be, uh, for stretches because, Oh yeah. um, I think Eric, Nixick, I think Eric Nixick is going to really drill it into him that he can't bite on these feints and that he needs to really focus on pressuring. Um, but I think that's going to lead to a lot of moments where instead of uh, being reactionary, like he usually is, he's kind of just walking away from Adesanya. Um, and that that makes, it, in my opinion, Adesanya more dangerous. Um, because once you're on the back foot now it's a different kind of style in my opinion than if you are advancing against him and he's sort of chopping your legs and and keeping you at bay so um i think this is as one-sided as it gets as far as title fights go and almost title fight history you could argue um i think there is slight paths to victory where things can get interesting right it requires a lot of things to go wrong for adesanya um but who knows, right? Maybe he comes out with a singlet, uh, starts dropping low for, for, for takedowns early and often and and makes it a little interesting, but, um, I just don't really see that happening. I just think he has too much pride to even follow his team's game plan to a certain extent. And that, that will ultimately be his downfall in this one. So I am in agreement. The last style bender is about to bend the motherfucking styles all over Sean Strickland's fucking head. Let's be real. Um, I think, but now, the press conference go ahead, is going Sorry.
1: to be the best part of the entire weekend. I think people are going to be more tuned in to the press conference because Sean is about to say some crazy stuff on there. Uh, I think that's sure. what everyone's going to be tuned in for. And I think it's there are levels to this game. And Adasanya is arguably one of the greatest of all time. He will go down, and when we are all done watching. UFC MMA whatever. Adesanya I think will go down as one of the top 10 fighters of all time ever because of what he's done and uh I would say even top 5 but obviously losing the belt to Pereira was a significant moment and especially who knows how it turns out when I do think they'll have a trilogy down the road um how that turns out but it it and that could completely change it in a positive way too if he beats Pereira again then you have a whole different scenario but I think this is literally just a tune-up fight to keep it lightly. This is one of those where you see in college football where it's like LSU versus like Appalachian State. And it's like they have yeah. to face each other, but you just like this is such a horrible situation where a rare, rare, super rare thing is all of a sudden that team, Appalachian State, wins. And it's like, you know, the, the crowd storms, you know, the field, and it's the craziest thing we'll ever see when it comes to – upsets but this is not one of those times this is one of those 52 nothing routes i see happening here and uh well i think it's going to be boring like you said at first I-, I was confused but i do think i don't think it's going to be a cannoneer fight where it's um very very boring throughout the entirety of the fight i do believe though like i said that the first round is going to be pretty boring technical kind of feeling out the process seeing what strickland's about how quickly he faints and I think it's going to be one of those where Adesanya just, like I said, kind of toys with him, sees exactly what he's jumping on, and finds it. And I, I I, would go with punches usually, but I feel like this is going to be one of those different ones where Adesanya's legs, I feel, are one of the best in the game. And I feel like he hasn't been able to capitalize on that highlight reel head kick or you know, crazy question mark kick, something out of this world that he has... Been so well known of doing to come up in his career, and I think this is that fight where you can look back and see one of the better knockouts. Like they do with Alex Pereira every time they show show him against Sean Strickland, where the the, Sean Strickland walking in like this makes no sense why he's running into Pereira's left hand like that, but he does it, and I think it's one of those where Sean Strickland's gonna be a highlight reel for when Pereira and Adesanya meet again. You'll just see him get knocked out twice. (laughs) In, in the future
0: literally and with all his shit i'm not gonna say i'm gonna be upset to watch it i'm just i'm not i'm not gonna be opposed 100%. to watching him get his ass kicked on saturday uh but just like that we're finished with our main card picks and it's time for my favorite the draft it's time for the draft baby this week i'm getting the first pick no suspense the last style bender is my pick. Please proceed however you'd like, brother. You're you're muted, brother. Yes,
1: I know. I'm thinking oh. to myself. All right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I was I was cursing you out in mute. All right. That you want to know the truth? There you go.
0: I know. I know. That's why I said it. You know, you got to right. make sure the people know too.
1: Absolutely. Alright, um I get two picks here. So this there's a there's a couple good ones here to take. So I'm gonna start off with a Jack Jenkins and okay. Manel Cape
0: hey i like it i like it great picks right now
1: that's what i'm gonna do i I like the kids on the come up i'm a i'm a big fan of both of their careers coming forward it's not just about this fight it's about you have Mm -hmm. to really game plan for the next three four five fights ahead and i think they both all both of them have great futures ahead of them so let's do it
0: man i couldn't agree with you more this one's tough this one's tough because i really wanted jack jenkins but i just knew he wasn't coming back to me <laughs> TBH. Right. uh no you're fine you're fine um so what do i do here there's a couple different options to be honest um i think there's two particularly that are speaking to me a little bit more so i'm gonna go with those give me back to back carlos olberg as well as Someone that I'm surprised that we have allowed to fall this far along the rankings uh, just because it's a one sided fight. Give me Nasrat Hakparast as well.
1: Oh, okay. See, that's that's a that's, that's a good one. Uh, that'll be a W for you for sure this week. Um, okay. So now, clip I it, got clip
0: it for when I'm sad. <laughs>
1: I got two now, right? All right. Um, hmm. Okay, your last two. So game, give me. Hmm, give me tie. Okay. Because I know you're gonna take Volkov, you know, at the end. And uh, hmm, hmm, hmm. See, this is. This is one of the tougher ones.
0: You really think Ty has more upside in this economy, for real? For no,
1: real. but I'm a big fan of what the UFC will do for him.
0: That's true. Yeah. Shout yeah, out to he, Mark Hunt, though.
1: He is a huge. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, he is a huge um. UFC fan favorite, and I think they'll always throw him as the main event in a fight night, if his career ends up going on the on the wayside, but i will take like i said i'm going with ty and then to finish it off don't know how i feel about this in the future but give me give me jamie malarkey
0: you'd rather have jamie malarkey than alexander volkov really
1: uh, and no, I know I well, I said I'm gonna let you take Volkov because I don't want to do this constant all the time picking two fighters at the same time, yeah, and then losing and winning and losing and winning. I I, I like it where you could do it every once in a while, but I don't want to. I've done it two times in a row now, I didn't want to do it a third time, but yeah, obviously, I'd rather have Volkov than Jamie Malarkey. I, I don't think Jamie Malarkey's future isn't the brightest, I do think he can still be a two out of three win type fighter but i think volkov has a much better looking career but i don't want to do the constant oh i went three and one because i chose both of those guys so you know i I wanted to change it up a little bit
0: i like it i like the strategy here i don't agree with it but i like it yeah i don't agree with it either (laughs) at the end but i didn't
1: want to do ty and volkov at the
0: same time no, it's fine, bro. I totally understand. I'm just teasing you a little bit. Um this was a fight card where the first pick really fucking mattered. If you ask me. Really fucking mattered. Um yes. was kind of close to going with Sean Strickland and saying, "Fuck it, we'll just take the L." Um Yeah, me too, honestly. Cuz cuz right. I think he's he's got a lot more wins in that division too, but too. um I, I'm fine with going Volkov. I think he has always had top five potential, and it's about time we start actualizing it so yeah, with all that being said, we wrapped up on our preview for u f c two ninety three Sean this was a blast as always, so please let the people know where they can find the newly minted baby face assassin
1: <laughs> the baby face assassin. I love how you give me that that shout um you can always find me on Twitter. And at Sean Negron26 and my own website, BSReports.org, where if you ever want to get interested into being a part of any sort of sports in any way, writing, podcasting, documentary type stuff, anything in at all. You need some help, you want my help, you don't want my help. But if you want a platform, you can always reach out to me. Uh this I have no strings attached. You come and go as you please, you do what you want and you just have fun with it and uh i leave it up to everyone to just do and be who they want to be and i don't have any filters so you can always do that you can always reach out to me at any time and i will always help you any way i can
0: we love it we love it you can find me at negron mma on twitter X, whatever you want to call it as well as chris negron underscore on instagram you could also most importantly follow the brand at ots media co on youtube on all platforms and ots media on youtube always get that mixed up uh but I get it mixed up so you guys don't. So make sure you check us out on those platforms. Got a lot of fun stuff coming with the start of the NFL season, and of course, all the other great uh shows we have going on at OTS. So make sure you follow what about the the TikTok? You're right, you're right. Thank you, sir. Make sure you're following the TikTok as well. It's the same as the Twitter negron MMA. So make sure you're following me there as well. Um it, it it's kind of like me promoting the article that's gonna go up on BS reports before Ooh. I know before I know that it that it, it's actually ready. That's how I, that's why I left TikTok out on that one. I'm like hey, you I, can't I, leave TikTok I'm still not TikTok out, active man. yet, uh, but I will be very soon. So got a lot to look forward to on the horizon. And the the most important one is me debuting on BS, but besides that. Once again, Sean, we wrapped up another fucking awesome episode. Can't wait to see you guys next week on the UFC traveling circus. I don't even know where we are anymore. I don't know what's next. I don't. I never know. It's kind of like, hey, oh, this is happening. Um, I heard of this vaguely three weeks ago. Um, <laughs> this is the main event now. So who knows? I don't even know what the next card is. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you it's, if, if I it's, had done to my bro. Head.
1: This is disrespect right now. This is. It's Mexican night, bro.
0: It's. Grasso
1: Shevchenko, too. And it's not because
0: I'm not anticipating that card. That card is 10 times better than this card.
1: It's just because
0: the traveling circus of the UFC, there's there's too much going on. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Just think about how we feel about football right now. If we had a little bit of that, just a little bit, then I would be like UFC Noche, man, next week. (laughs) I will be on top of it because there's so much to look forward to but as a, at this point it's kind of like uh we're watching a shit sandwich continue to spin around the carousel and no one's picking it up at the all you can eat buffet uh right. so we'll see next week we got a lot more interesting stuff thank you for redeeming my rant because you are right we've got a card to look forward to next week so catch us next week to talk about it so Shows, closing remarks cuz i'm mean, yes people yes this yeah. is my people here so
1: this next week's card is going to be very important to me so I'm making this this bet right now because it's only for me to lose. If Sean Strickland wins on Saturday night, I am canceling myself from next week's episode due to the pain of how badly I just talked so bad about him winning this. So if Sean Strickland wins this, and I it, because I know people think there's actually a slight possibility because of the Sean O'Malley fight. It would be, you know, the, the Sean trios. The Shawnee Juniors are all out here winning fights. But <laughs> I will have to take myself out. If hey, I'll be Sean here Strickland alone. If Sean
0: update. Strickland wins, I'll be here alone talking about how women should be in the kitchen. That, that would be that would be my entire analysis. We would have to do that. <laughs> uh, of, yeah. Literally, yeah. Of, of this card would be just man feminism has worked in reverse <laughs> this this was not what you guys wanted uh no. that would be the entire episode of sean strickland
1: <laughs> absolutely can't let it
0: happen but as always thank you so much for joining make sure you tune in next week make sure you're liking everything because we need to let the algorithm know that we got the goods coming baby and we're going to continue to keep delivering them to you guys every single week in all your inboxes so make sure you keep an eye out we'll catch you next week and as always try not to die out there peace